0: What is up,
1: gladiators? Welcome to the Scandal After Buzz TV After Show. Um, This is episode 21, A Few Good Men, and we are... A Few
2: Good Women. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> A Few Good Women. We are your fat four. Oh, there goes our theme music. Bum, 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 um, we are your Fab Four. Starting with me, Emil Ennis Jr.
3: Hey, what's up,
2: everybody? I'm Canelia. Hi, I'm Sophia Stanley.
1: Hi, I'm Bam Erickson. And all I have to say is, welcome back, welcome back, back welcome <laughs> back. This episode was the scandal that I have missed. I was not bored. I was entertained. It was a, a nice ebb and flow throughout the whole thing, and I felt like um. The ending was a great, great lead-up to the series, or not series, not series, to the season finale. I thought it was a really good episode. What did you guys think?
3: I was entertained. I was thoroughly entertained. That's all. <laughs> and I, I will say, ditto
2: everything that you just said, Emil. I think you summed it up perfectly.
1: And, Bam, did you? Yeah, I agree.
3: We're in a group! Oh, my God! What
0: in the world? What?
1: <laughs> we all agree, yeah. We thought it was a great episode. So, we're going to start with... Um, this Amy Martin. So, VP Susan Ross is doing one of her mini appearances, and it's just another photo op, we thought. And she's going down the line saying hello to the officer, and it's like, hello, hello, hello. And then she sees one officer, Amy Martin, and she sees a bruise right here. And then she um, wants to go back to her quarters, and that's when she proceeds to talk to her and find out what's going on. Now, right after that, the next thing we see is... Amy Martin in the office with Fitz and Cyrus. And we think that, you know, they had a conversation. She's basically said what has happened to her. And then, from the conversation, we see that she has never said she was raped. She pretty much didn't say anything to Susan besides just the fact that she got a bruise um, What she say on the job. Do you think that Susan was... Without seeing how the episode went, do you think Susan was wrong to take her away from um, her workplace without... I mean, I can't say without her consent because... She, she still had to go with her but do you think she was wrong the way she did it without following any proper protocol and without her actually saying I've been raped
4: yes but this is TV and she is that voice for many who can't come forward so yes but no and so would who cares that she was out of pocket did that make sense
2: it it did, and I I think I'm gonna just put it in my own words because I completely agree. So I'm just gonna piggyback of what Bam says. I think there's a difference between something being legally and or procedurally wrong versus something being morally wrong. Mm-hmm. So legally and or procedurally, what the vice president did could in fact be wrong, but morally, what she did is right. So she was she was. Literally and figuratively answering to a higher power. So I think that's what Bam says. So what who cares? She held herself to a higher moral standard that the risk was too great if in fact she was right.
4: And also I give her props because she's working. She's actually trying to make a damn change.
2: I completely agree. I we before the camera started rolling, I was like, she's a G. Because I think that there's something about Susan Ross that she, this is this is maybe going to come across wrong, but she's almost like she's America's mom, mm-hmm. right? The fact that she's a, a, not only a mother, but she's a single mother, you know, I think that anyone, oh, I have a lot of friends who have single moms, and because they're doing double duty, it's almost like their senses are even more heightened than a normal mom. And anyone who has a mom knows, like, your mom is basically like scarier than command. Right. They know everything about everything. So I think the fact that she was so she was able to so quickly discern that something was wrong and notice even how she kind of gave the commander's attitude, right? Like in the way that she was basically like, "Oh no." By herself, she basically without saying it was like, "I'm the vice president of the United States of America. I'm not asking you permission. I am telling you, I'm going to take this individual naval officer, into her quarters, and I'm going to have a conversation or a tour or whatever because I don't need to ask your permission because I'm the vice president of the United States of America. Right. So I think she kind of pulled that mom card, in this case, the vice president card, and I and I definitely commend her for that. And like I said, I think she was a G.
4: And also, in addition to that, even the way she takes a stand on something, it's not in a very, what... What we deem in society to be very bitchy, she does it in a way where it's like, no, I'm going to do it, kind of like the Legally Blonde, like I'm going to Stanford, or no, I'm going to Harvard. No, I don't need a backup. I'm going to Harvard. It's kind of one of those things where it's like she does it in a way where she kind of throws you off guard.
2: Mm-hmm. She's authoritative. Yeah, it's it's,
4: really- yeah, and she's also she's who Melly should be. Or I see some, I see some things. Of the old, old, old Melly before she became, you know, Kim Parker. Um, oh my gosh, oh, Parker. That reference meaning that when when the Parkers first came out, Kim, Kim, Kim was this nice, you know, nice, vibrant young girl, and then as the season progressed, she became more stupid.
3: That's true the they did do. do that to Kim Come I agree in. with everybody you Kim. Know, hey. <laughs> I agree with y'all okay <laughs> I I like, what, my only question was though like I don't and I don't know if, if anybody in the military is watching or listening um, why is it procedurally wrong to t- for the vice president to take someone on the ship that's docked that is not at sea? to the White House. What's wrong with that? What's wrong? Your ship is docked. No,
2: but there's I'm just surmising is that there's still duties that have to be done while they're at port, presumably to be able to, I don't know what the proper term is, but to to Mm -hmm. leave port at a particular time. And from what I know of naval ships, everything works in tandem. So you take away one person and and there's literally like a missing cog in in the wheel. So nobody can ever get sick? No, or... but I think that there's a there's proper procedure. Mm-hmm. So, so what I know of, the government in general regardless of the military, is it's very bureaucratic. So there's probably like 95 million forms and requisitions and so forth and so on in which you would have to do to make that happen. So simply because you're doing a press tour, it doesn't mean that you can now all of a sudden take someone off. But, I think you actually bring up a good point, because as I'm talking, I'm kind of Listening to myself, and I'm like, yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't even buy my own devil's advocate argument. I, I really don't.
1: <laughs> well, Susan Ross, we talked about how she's a G, and she does all these things. They, si- F- Cyrus and Fitz, told her to pretty much take her back, put her back on the ship. And instead of that, we see um, security detail come into Liv's office. And you notice, like, Liv turns around like gets herself prepared because she probably thinks it's
3: Fitz coming in. Girl, <laughs> he ain't coming. <laughs>
2: yeah. And if, can I say something? I actually did not catch that until you said it. When we were watching, Austin, you we were like, she thought it was Fitz. And I was like, oh my God, you're yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. like, and I was so happy to have kind of one of those, like, genuine scandal, yeah. oh, it's moments where I was like, that's totally right. She was like, oh, she made that, like, mm-hmm. screw face. Like, I can't believe it. And she was like, all right.
1: All right. Yeah. Do a quick.
2: <laughs> mm mm-hmm. <to make> sure. <laughs> 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 yeah, They smelled the upper
1: Right. Like. Right. But she thought it was Fitz coming in, and then we see that it's Susan. And she's like, oh, hey, Susan. How can I help you? And then Susan tells her about the whole Amy Martin thing. Liv goes to talk to Amy. Did you guys think that Liv was going to take the case public so soon? No. Because I was not expecting it to go from zero to 100 <laughs> real quick.
3: Real quick. I it. Y'all are so funny cute. Both of y'all are like
4: real quick. Zero to real quick Real quick <laughs> I, get. I would say I would say this current Olivia No I'm not surprised that That she did that because Liv is kind of in her own world Where she just lives by her own rules And I think about you know repercussions and, and rules and so forth as if she was just Literally just going to walk in there And do what she normally does so the new live, yes. The old no. I think she would have been a little more strategic. Well, I will say before she did it because I forgot. Before she took it
1: public, she asked. Um, she asked. Uh, what's her name? Amy, who did it? She needs to know when, where, and that's when we found out Holly did it. And then she goes and tries to talk to Abby to get her help, and Abby's pretty much saying, you know, I can't really help you with this. I don't want to get involved with this. Like, this is just going to complicate my life here at the White House. And then she decides to take it public, so it wasn't just the immediate. Oh, I'm going to take it public. Um, but, yeah, I wasn't expecting her to go at it like that for some reason.
3: I wasn't either, just for the sake of, just from hearing what I've heard about situations in the military with sexual assault or any type of violence, whether it be male or female. If once it becomes public, that person becomes a target, mm-hmm. and everybody in their proximity becomes a target. You are bullied, you are sometimes beaten, sometimes you're raped again. So you know, you mm-hmm. there's never your haze. There's never uh, an okay solution. Well, I won't say never, but most <laughs> in most cases, it's it's magnified. Yeah. So when she took it public, I was like, well, the, the, well, this girl's about to get it. She, they're gonna give it to her because now you you are the spokesperson for something that they tell you not to talk about.
4: Did Olivia take it public before um, the guy came into her cabin to remove Olivia? I can't okay. you know, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: For me that was I I don't know. I felt like I felt the slime ball in him like I just felt something like he was going to do something to her okay. when he told Olivia to leave. So You're talking I, about later? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it Yeah, sometimes Liv has to be careful on the choices that she make because that poor girl could have uh, could anything could have happened to her.
2: So, and correct me if I'm wrong. Is this where what I think you're both saying is that if we weren't in TV land, oh, absolutely, something actually would have happened to her. Mm. I oh, yeah. think so, I do, yeah. given the fact that neither one of us thought, or none, the four of us didn't think, that Liv would have acted so quickly, and I think we talked about this off camera, if she acted so quickly, I think that was a power move. But she also should have thought about the, and I don't know what her rank is, so I'm just going to call her the the. um what, what's the, the name of the term? The sailor. Ensign. Ensign Martin. Enson, Enson Enson Martin. Enson Martin. Yeah. She should have removed Ensign Martin. Like exactly. Olivia of all people should know, regardless and I'm and I'm actually gonna make this a, a, a broader statement than particularly just the military, but I think that any time you have And I actually mean this not to be disrespectful in any kind of a way, but anytime you have any type of fraternity, just in terms of the general basis of the use of that word. So anytime you have a fraternity or a club or a membership where loyalty is held to the utmost, Mm -hmm. right? So if, in fact, the numbers are correct that one in three women in the military are sexually assaulted, that means... The entire military is choosing not only to look the other way, but they say it said that it's considered an occupational um hazard. 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 Ain't that crazy. So to me, Olivia of all people should have known that and potentially removed her from the situation. So if not for television, the situation would have gone down very differently
1: and that's the thing that i think bothered me so much because it's like what everybody's saying if she was going to go public with the case at least go public knowing that you can get her safely off the Mm -hmm. ship and not have to deal with any of the repercussions on the ship
2: um quick question and i just happen not to remember but um what was the initial thing in a few good men where the two sailors ended up beating him up what what was it that was that they were why were they trying to teach him a lesson Right, because in a few yeah. good men, the two soldiers basically mm-hmm. like beat him up. He had an asthma attack, yeah. and that's why he died. But whatever <laughs> it is, he did. To me, again, and, and this was actually arguably one of not the first times, but a, 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 it was one of the first times in a long time where, to me. The title of the episode, I actually liked how it interplayed. Mm -hmm. I don't think that it told you what was going to happen but to me to see the parallels and to see potentially how this went better than the movie from a moral standpoint in terms of how we hold ourselves accountable and more importantly, how we hold ourselves as Americans. Because I think that that's really what the underpinning of the show was from the ebb and the flow from the very beginning of a female vice president being the one to not only notice but to step up and remove her from the situation and bring it directly to the president. And then we go full circle with Olivia is the one who, in essence, brings the case to trial. Mm. And then the ending is Melly closing, validating what happened, validating that more needs to be done, and that 200 years of legal precedence is irrelevant if we are not standing up and doing what we need to do as Americans as the most democratic country, period. Okay. So I think it had a certain symmetry to mm-hmm. it and especially in terms of women and female leadership that I really liked and I think that's why Sean was kind of taking a, like making a little bit of a joke mm-hmm. but also making a point the difference between a few good men how that ended versus what how it ha- what happens if it's a few good women. women. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, let us know what you think. Make sure you uh, check us out on iTunes and on YouTube. The podcast goes up shortly after we finish doing this live stream. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, comment, subscribe. Also, on YouTube, if you're watching right now, make sure you click that thumbs up button. Comment, subscribe as well. And if you're watching us live, um, you can call in at 424-256-1729. Once again, the number is 424-256-1729. We are going to take just a few calls tonight. Um, so go ahead and start calling in, and we will try to um, take about two or three calls, maybe. Um, okay, so. What is it,
3: 256?
1: <laughs> <Right>. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what I did like, and I may—I don't think I'll get flack maybe, I, um, I liked how Fitz took a stand saying that he wasn't just going to because Susan was coming at him with this and mm. all people coming at him. He's saying, you know, I understand what you're saying, but I'm not just going to all of a sudden just come out willy-nilly and say, I'm against this just because. And I understand, like we were talking about, um, you know, it's the difference between morals and the legal term. I, I get all that. But at the same time, for a president, <coughs> even though he doesn't have to win another election, he just needs to finish out his term, I still like the fact that he's not just jumping the gun and just saying, okay, I'm just going to go with my gut like Liv does sometimes and just jump and make a statement without actually thinking it through. So I really appreciate the fact that in this moment, he kind of seemed more like the president that I want to see from Fitz than I've seen mm-hmm. in previous seasons and yeah. even this season.
3: Yeah, it was uh, realistic.
4: Very realistic. I like it.
3: Because yeah. mm-hmm. you're not just going to jump and do stuff. Yeah. That, that's not realistic. Yes, if people have the idea, us as, as the voter, has the idea that you're going to get in office and when things aren't right, you're going to say no they're not right and I'm changing it today that's not how it works the system has been in place for hundreds of years you can't come in and change it overnight or within an hour it just doesn't work like that so you're right Emil That that was very true to the situation
4: I what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, because um, I've been listening to some of the comments, some people said they had a problem with the fact of how how Cyrus and Fitz said, put her back in, but I also felt just even the, even the language and dialogue that they use is actually realistic for two men to say in regards to that situation. I thought it was re- really realistic, although uh, some didn't like it.
1: I I was going to say, I, I mean, I get, I get why you wouldn't necessarily like the language, however have to think about the circumstances of that, that they're in. Like she took mm-hmm. somebody off the naval yeah. base. If anybody finds out that this happened, that's a whole scandal right there. Absolutely. So I don't think in that term, I don't think um, they really had time to think about exactly what they were saying. Make sure you put Ensign Martin back on the ship, right? No, put her back in.
0: Yeah,
3: I took it differently. Go ahead. No, you go. I took it. I took it from perspective that they weren't trying to be. I thought, took it like as a lighthearted moment. Like, if you take a cup off the shelf, put it back. If it's out of the cabinet, put it back in. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't take it as them trying to say that she was beneath or like because, you know, I didn't take it like that. I just took it as them being like, put it back in as if the military this ship you're playing battlefield battleship or whatever it is and you take the little figurines and you take them out and then you put them back in that's why that's how i take it Hmm.
2: great analogy um the only thing that i would say is i do agree with you and everything that everyone has said the only thing that i didn't like is that to me why did fitz think that once he told her to put her back that that would be the end of the discussion right (laughs) <laughs> Susan Ross, obviously, if you think about it, her character has been getting more and more camera time. She continues almost every episode to have a viable um part of the story. Like she's actually pushing the story forward. And to me, what she's pushing the story forward is she is the voice of we the people. Mm-hmm. And she keeps using her voice and she keeps using her voice. So when you send the ensign back, you thought she was just going to stop. Right. The fact that Fitz didn't possibly, and this is what he should have done, he should have actually called Abby in and said, Abby, what I need you to do is I need you to basically follow this story. Even before it went to Olivia. But he should have said that to her, because he should have said, there's there's going to be some optics on it. Even if it's just knowing that possibly that, whatever, that command guy who happens to be his friend, comes in and is like, what the heck, why did you ruin my ensign? Like he needed to say a little bit in front of it, and I think that, the fact that either he or Cyrus didn't do that, to me, they actually are slipping just a little bit. Yeah. Because anytime something comes into the oval, it's never done. It's never the end of the story.
4: Well, I think with Cyrus, do you think Cyrus is slipping because he truly thinks of Susan as some little Pop-Tart?
3: Cyrus thinks everybody's a little Pop-Tart, though. Mm -hmm. Everybody.
1: And Cyrus, like, Susan is literally the pain in his side right now. Because think about back to when they were trying to pass that bill, and she was the one who kept, like, Mm -hmm. fine-tuning, nitpicking every single thing. So I think with Cyrus, it's just like, come on, girl. Just give me a break. Mm -hmm. Just give me a break. Um, But speaking of slipping up, and this is one thing, and I want to hear what you guys think. I'm going to bring it up jump forward and then come back. Okay. So with Virgil um Virgil the judge mm-hmm. advocate. Mm-hmm. So we're introduced to him and I love him because he was on Easy A. He was a character on Easy A if you've seen that movie. <laughs> um but he was um assigned to the Holly case. And when we met him and we saw his character, we're like, "Oh, we see why he was assigned because he's a little bit mm-hmm. he, he doesn't he's very um junior. very junior, very new and they want somebody who's going to lose the case. However, when we fast forward towards the end and we see that he actually is B613 and he's one of Rowan's people. My question is, I know and this may be a silly question just because I know what B613 is capable of. I'm saying they don't have like any records in the system cuz if somebody's coming when they did the we'll when they did the um the proceedings or the wherever you call that when they're in the room, wasn't that in the White House? Correct. So, in order for somebody like that to get into the White House, every person, I would assume, would have to be checked. And there has to be some type of database Mm -hmm. that has Mm -hmm. people's pictures Mm -hmm. in there. So, you're telling me that, well, I mean, now I'm saying it, it's Mm -hmm. believable. So, B613 actually changed Mm -hmm. his picture in the database? Mm
2: -hmm. But I think what you're thinking is, is that possibly it would have been a better storyline if he, in fact, was the person he was, but still B613.
1: Media but like, actually, I don't no, know if I would have liked no, no. that because oh, okay. I feel like okay. we've been seeing that too much. Yeah. Okay, like with David's assistant. Remember, okay. my
3: Good question point. is this: Okay, so you're a lawyer for the military. Mm-hmm. You, maybe you're small time, but don't nobody know what the real Virgil look like? Don't nobody know? Especially, don't nobody in the military? Ain't nobody ever seen yeah. In Virgil. Yeah, in Virgil?
4: Yeah, in the display case. <laughs>
3: so this whole time, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> so no, when you when you're going on trial and they tell you who the, who Wait, you're up against, we got
2: 21 minutes and 41. Twenty-one minutes, forty-three
3: seconds before we started to oh. tear this tear it apart. apart. Yeah. So when they, when you find out who you're going <laughs> up against, you look, you look them up. Yeah, you look them up. Most cases, mm-hmm. Laura's got headshots now. You look at the headshot <laughs> and the military. Everybody took a picture does nobody say wait damn?
1: no Cornelia that oh. is a great point yeah. because even, they, even if they even if any details about the case came out to the public and they're like Virgil whatever even if they show a picture of the guy who we saw who's on EZA um, if they search <laughs> for him on Google and they see Virgil whatever his last name was they're gonna find a picture of the actual guy so there's gonna be that discrepancy like but what's especially going on but even
2: more importantly that the, um, the the general or the admiral his team would have because that, Cornelia yeah. brings up an absolutely Nobody astute point no because at the end of the day, even though it's, it's pre-trial, it's basically like it's war. Right. So you study your enemy, and the initial enemy is the JAG lawyer. So the Admiral obviously had, I think, three you know individuals, prob- presumably three JAG lawyers at his table. The first thing that they would have done is they would have looked him up. So they would have looked him up, they would have seen what his caseload was, you know, so forth and so on. Yeah, yeah so that was possibly a... But it was
3: still cool, yeah. though. I yeah. thought
1: it was cool. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so then um, Admiral Hawley said that he wasn't on the ship the night um, that the sexual intercourse went down. And then Liv presses him for that. And I love the scene where Liv is trying to ask him a question. And he's like, you have no authority to ask me this. And then she's like... And then gives it to the lawyer. Um, what I also like, though, was Abby joining OPA again in this particular mm-hmm. episode because I feel like we missed Abby. I mean, I like that Abby is the um the White House press secretary. That's cool and everything, but I like to see Abby like fully immersed back in the element and being a true gladiator. Um and then when Liv gets the call after Abby joins from Amy, were you guys expecting the aftermath of that? Were you when you when she got that call or did you ever think that she could possibly be pregnant? Because I didn't think that.
3: As soon as she, I, I didn't think it until Olivia got into her her living quarters. Then okay. I was like, "Oh, she's pregnant." Okay. Because you know, you, you you we saw her face and her reaction, and you saw she was just like, "I need to talk to you." I need to talk to you. Then I was like, "Oh, yes, yeah, she's pregnant. That's, and that sucks. Doesn't suck that she but that pregnancy doesn't suck. It just sucks that it happened under these horrible circumstances. That really, that was really bad."
1: Now I'm gonna ask you guys, you ladies, this, and if you don't want to answer, you don't have to. If you were in this situation where um, you were raped, you have a child as a result of that that's growing inside of you, and Liv tells you that if you wait eight weeks, there will be enough DNA where we can actually get you justice. If you're not, and at the time, Liv wasn't sure if they were going to be able to get justice for the case. If she told you that if you just wait eight <laughs> weeks, you'll have justice and we can prove that Admiral Holly raped you because his baby's inside of you, would you have gone through with it, or would you have done the same thing?
3: I mean, I really can't say because I'm not in that situation. However, I've known people, not people, I've known someone who has been raped and, and, and gotten pregnant. And it's a very unbearable process for that person. Because you, it, it's a you're you're excited about the pregnancy. You want to be excited, but then you remember, oh shoot, this isn't a normal, this isn't a normal situation. This
2: person this isn't a situation yep. you consented to. Mm-hmm. Let, so, let's like make that very yep. very clear. So, so the the act of the miracle was not something that you consented to. Mm-hmm.
3: So I'm carrying this baby, and I want to be excited because maybe she did want a child. Maybe she loves kids, but she's in the situation. So. When Olivia said that, my first thing was like, Olivia, shut the hell up. Because if someone, even if, if someone tells you they want, they're making a choice in regards to what they're doing with, you know, with their pregnancy, their body, you got to respect that choice. Mm -hmm. You could... Some people try to, you know, give you, like, pros and cons and try to talk you out of, but she was raped. If she tells you that this is what she want, wants to do, Olivia, it's, I understand you want justice, and that's the only way, but she, she's carrying this child and not you. So, so she had to do what she had to do.
4: Well, what bothered me is the fact that she want Olivia wanted this lady to wait eight weeks. That's a long time to be... In that facility with all those creepy guys mm-hmm. who would do god knows what and then you're having the conversation in in the in her in her bed area you, you, somebody could be on the top of the bunk sleeping like you don't know who's listening olivia and for the fact that that guy came literally 2 seconds after like you don't know who's listening so that was just, that was not a, a very smart, a smart choice to do. Um, and then eight weeks, she de- she'd been dead.
2: I'm going to switch the subject a little bit, but it, it's a little bit relevant. Um, and, I, and I know absolutely nothing about military law, but it, it's similar to a question that Camelia asked before in terms of the fact that the ship was at dock. It is possible that military law is similar to um, foreign embassies, Mm -hmm. right? So if you guys know, a foreign embassy theoretically is foreign soil. Mm -hmm. So the British embassy, when you are on the British embassy in the United States of America, that is theoretically and literally British soil. Presumably, because the military is, is actually, in fact, under a different jurisdiction and has a different court and body of law... It's plausible, as well as possible, for them to detain Olivia for whatever reason on their books that they want to detain her. And they theoretically don't need to give her the same due process that she would be afforded if she was not on the ship. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, that situation could have gone very, very bad. Whether or not it was physical or whether or not it's that they detained her. So, on some levels... I actually like that she kind of is fearless and I like that I'm feeling that she's the Olivia of myth or she's the Olivia of legend but at the same time, I think that why does Olivia never go anywhere with Huck?
0: Exactly. Like,
2: you know what I mean? Like... You don't have any kind of physical security force with you. Number one, given the severity of the situation, but number two, given the fact that you are are somewhere that you do not have the same rights that you would if she was, ironically, at the White House.
4: I, that Sophia, that that's a great point. Um, I do actually like that whole fearless thing, but when other people's lives are at danger. then that's you know it's one thing to step out on the ledge by yourself uh, Superwoman but when you have other people with you that you can't potentially protect
2: but I think that's actually why she has to do it for, for, I understand what you're saying, but that's actually why she has to be fearless. Think about it. You Have you ever been in a situation, I don't, I, uh, I'm a big sister. I have a little sister. And I remember when we were little kids, we used to go and um, across the street and there was this like pond and it was like this, and there was like all these trees and sometimes we would be coming home really late and we would get scared, right? It's my job as a big sister, even though I was just as, as scared as my little sister, I had to be brave because of her. If it was just me, I'd just be running home crying like, oh my God. Freddie's coming to get us. You know yeah. what I mean? But because she's my little sister, I had to be like, no, Nadia, it will be okay. We're good. And literally in my head, I'm like, no, Freddie's really going to come get us. Yeah. I got to put my chest up and act like I'm, I'm brave. And I think for that's who Olivia Pope is. Mm-hmm. She has to be brave for everyone, not only for the actual person so that this, this, not just this woman, but this person who has dedicated her life for our democracy has some courage because at the end of the day, Olivia didn't get her off the ship. So she actually has to give her enough courage to go back on that ship to know to to God knows what Mm -hmm. she has to do that for her. And then number two, I think she also Olivia has to do it to herself. I think Olivia always has to remind herself, I'm a gladiator. I'm a gladiator because that's what allows her to be fearless. Mm -hmm. Good.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. alright so we're going to wrap this topic up before we do um, so you guys know what happened because you watched the show Um, unless you just watch our after show which I know some people who do (laughs)
4: uh, we ain't mad
1: so anyway they figure out a way to get Amy off the ship they say she has a sick relative Amy comes to Liv's and then um, Virgil basically says the Pentagon won't release the documents and that's when Liv calls Fitz and that's what I want to talk about when Liv called Fitz and they start playing the trail music. And I was all up in my feelings for a second. Um,
0: <laughs> I can
1: <laughs> But once again, in this scene, I like the way Fitz pretty much said, Liv, what do you want me to do? Like, I cannot just pretty much lay down law and not abide to the rules just because you're saying I need these documents. I love that Fitz <laughs> is finally taking the stand because in the past, Fitz is kind con- of, I mean, even though he did end up giving the documents to Abby. I mean, but... I love that Fitz is taking a stand and not being as weak as he usually is with Liv.
4: Can, I want to just speak a little on the relationship the the relationship aspect of that conversation. What I liked about that was the banter. Mm-hmm. It was literally boyfriend and girlfriend again, where she's sorry. Sometimes you know women could yap 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 yap, and he was oh like, gosh. "Listen, are you going to let me talk?" Okay, fine. I'll let you talk. Like just that, just that little, <laughs> just that little quick banter. That was that was cute. But so the relationship aspect of it, I like because you know they're always able to, they're always able to to discuss their their relationship, mm-hmm. and then go and do business. And I like how they're able to always intertwine the two.
2: I agree, and I think that we. and I can't even remember what the episode is, but remember the episode where they're like, I hate you, I hate you too. (laughs) I think that there's, they play with words on this show, especially with Olits, where you have statements that always have another meaning and another undertone. Mm -hmm. So when she goes, it's so wrong, and he goes, it's wrong, part of me was like, they're saying this situation, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And initially not wrong in terms of the fact of like the morality of it, it was more like it sucks. Which is ironic, because then, and I'm going to jump over the, the part that doesn't help with my, with my theory. <laughs> it just doesn't. Then she goes, um, she, uh, no, he goes, Fitz goes, the world is right. So to me, that statement right there is validating olitz, mm-hmm. right? So it's so wrong, it's so wrong means this situation is, is sucks, the world is right means that the validity of what we're doing and how we feel each other is right. And then he goes, yeah, my job sucks. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, mine too. Mm-hmm. So again, it's that whole, they can't be normal. They're sacrifices, sacrificing for the Republic. So it's owning in that statement that who they are will always be, but it's so wrong because of the parameters that are put on top of them. That's why then you fast forward and you have fits. So clearly and so honestly say to Melly. Oh, Liv called. She was like, "Oh, what were you doing?" He's like, "Liv called." Yeah. He didn't say it with animus. He didn't say it with anger. He didn't say it with venom. He wasn't throwing a blade. He wasn't throwing a dagger. He just said it so matter of fact because why? They're partners now, mm-hmm. and theoretically, the reason that he then gave up the documents wasn't to help Liv. It just was to help, help Mel. Melly. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's somehow in that trinity again, the real trinity of the show, which is Olivia, Fitz, and Melly, you had them actually, like Bam said, have a relationship moment, which allowed him to calmly walk into his bedroom, have a relationship moment with his wife. Why? Because they sleep better when Olivia sleeps
4: between them. Mm-hmm. You know and
2: they, that's why you had what happened happen. Yeah. Everything turned out okay for mm-hmm. everybody.
4: Only thing that was missing is when that conversation was happening, they should have been playing keep sweat. There's a right and a wrong way to love. <laughs> <a ride laughs> <wrong> <laughs>
1: Have they, played, have they played that oh, that you mentioned no, I didn't notice like any major songs this episode Mm-mm, like they normally not, do yeah. um, well because they
2: talked about the records but we'll talk about that later
1: that was a good segue to Melly. so Melly's down in the polls and she needs Springfield and Lizzie Bear is trying to get her to use her son and basically exploit that situation what happened in Springfield to uh, get the voters sympathy and then increase her numbers in the polls and Melly's not having it um, there was something and I was talking to Cornelia about this because we sit next to each other when we watch the show but there was something about Melly, this episode where I still don't know if I can see her as president, but I definitely could see her in a political seat. Mm-hmm. Um, her wardrobe looked a little different. Mm-hmm. She was carrying herself a little differently, um, more confidently, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and just watching her, she just looked like Senator Melly. Yeah. So there was a there was a noticeable shift this episode where she seemed very much into her element.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm gonna save it for predictions.
4: Okay.
3: No, oh, I agree. She looked like she got a new blowout from the, the dry bar. <laughs> You know, she had a new suit jacket. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't that whole Hamptons Martha's Vineyard look. It was. It was. It, it was. It, it fit what she was trying to do. I agree. Mm-hmm.
4: Go I, ahead. I'm fifty-fifty on the fence, and and the, one of the reasons is I remember uh, when she walked in mm-hmm. and she said she questioned how come they haven't fixed or done something about the about the the rape situation um, that bother me that she walked in and she is completely oblivious to anything that's going on but I do think that she did fix it she wasn't it.
1: oblivious, I don't think she, she was she, saying that they were, They she was she, asking that because everybody was stopping her during her interviews saying,
2: and also let's not forget, I, I mean I think that they did I think part of the reason that we all like this episode is because there was a subtlety that, to this episode that we haven't seen in a long time, Melly was raped yeah so we're, we're not talking about a theoretical issue. We are not talking about a moral issue. We are not talking about one of the most disgusting things that one human being can do to another. We're talking to something that actually, in fact, happened to the First Lady. So what she is saying in terms of her, in terms of the the energy and the authority in which she came into the room, she is also on some level saying, "I cannot believe you, the President of the United States of America, number one, but two, you, the person that I am married to, that knows that I was raped by your father." Mm-hmm. Is not doing something more about this situation, and because you are not doing something about the situation, it is now affecting not only my candidacy but theoretically my reputation as a woman in the 21st century.
4: Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Sorry,
2: I got a little heated. I don't as if you guys haven't noticed. I just I'm not a fan of these types of storylines. Yeah. I I. But with that said, I actually commend on the land her writers and her producers for the topics that they bring up mm-hmm. because I think that the fact that not only did they bring up rape but they brought up rape the military the military, and that could be symbolic for anyone thinking that it is better to have the status quo move forward than for someone to receive justice and then more importantly and I don't know if this has ever happened but I don't think that I, I do not recall on network TV anything beyond a discussion of an abortion hmm. let alone theoretically the actual procedure being shot even yeah. though it was shot for tv that i think is very i don't even know what the word is but um it's it's very it's very it's very brave
4: mm-hmm.
1: so oh, i agree um, i think that well, I asked Cornelia this too, and I'm glad they didn't go there, and I don't see how they could possibly even spend that. But I was like, you don't think, cause the way, the way it was going, at, there was one point in the episode where I was like, you don't think that they're gonna try to, or Melly's gonna use the rape, like her personal rape, as a platform, cause they were talking about ways to get sympathy. And I thought, I was like, is she gonna possibly use her rape? she gained the sympathy of the voters but i'm glad they didn't go that no, route
3: and then and she, in the position she's in and she's the first lady she's still the first lady even though, even though she's running True. once you say that they're digging in it they're gonna find out and you oh, have to yeah. you, you you she can't do that
1: yeah, it would expose too much yeah. yeah and i
2: and i literally wrote down in my notes i go storyline does not equal house of cards so if anyone watches house of cards they'll understand that reference
3: mm-hmm
1: you have to remind me after her okay
2: claire Dr-
1: Remind me after. Yeah. It. Remind me after. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. So then, um, yeah, I really, I really like the way they played this Melly thing. And then, so Amy got her abortion, mm-hmm. and then we see that Melly goes to Springfield. And now that Fitz has done what he needs to do, but Melly uses this platform in Springfield to say, "I'm not going to talk about my son. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about all of our sons and daughters." And then she, I don't know, it was, a, it was an empowered Melly, and it reminded <laughs> me of. Um, the same melly that we saw who stood by her husband when their son died mm-hmm. when he gave that speech mm-hmm. um and we were watching this melly and it was just i don't know it's just it's great to see her as that melly like that that melly makes me smile that melly is a melly i can believe in and that's a melly i would vote for
2: i 100% agree
1: which we haven't seen in exactly. these past couple mm-hmm. episodes and that's why i think a lot of fans were saying i don't see melly as president or very let alone a senator yeah
2: because I think I think we we actually literally hadn't seen it, no. and I think that it's ironic because the advice that Lizzie gave her either last episodes or two episodes ago when she said you have to distance yourself from your husband is in fact correct. Mm-hmm. So both Lizzie and Olivia are correct. They need to be a partnership, but she needs to be her her own person, but more importantly, her own woman. So I think that's what she did on the podium that day. She she Mellie Grant was the candidate, not Fitz's wife. Right.
1: And I love how Fitz, when they were in bed with their pillow talk, Fitz said, do you want me to you know, tell you what Liv said? And she's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to throw me on their bus. Okay. Like, that was cute. And it's it's hard for me as an Litz fan to see that because I get conflicted as to what I want to happen. Because part of me wants them to, and we'll say it's for online, but part of me wants them to mend their relationship, but at the same time it kind of seems as if I don't think they'll ever get to a level of intimate connection again, as opposed to just um, advancing their careers.
2: Um, and I, and jump in whenever if uh, I'm going to say something that you're thinking, Cornelia The reason I am not conflicted with that is because I would never want Olivia and Fitz to be together because Olivia was a second choice or because his marriage didn't work out. Mm. I want him and Melly to be as perfectly in sync as they possibly could be
1: and he still chooses and he still
2: chooses live and more importantly that Melly doesn't choose Fitz Mm. and that's the decision because to me if it's always because they didn't try hard enough or because because there was there was just some artificial turmoil that doesn't work for me I need to know that it, it really is that Olivia and Fitz are soulmates Oh, and, right. it, and it means, and I've said this before, not everyone's married to their soulmate. And just because you're not married to your soulmate doesn't mean that you don't have an absolutely amazing life. It doesn't mean that you don't love and adore that the person you're with. It just means that they're not your soulmate, which is a t- completely different and distinct connection on a metaphysical level. But to me, what we saw with Melian and Fitz, like, that was a marriage, and that was a good marriage. Yeah. And I liked it. And like I said, I'm a weirdo. I like their trinity. I don't mm-hmm. like the threesome. But I like the, the Trinity. I just wanna need to make it clear before people are
1: like, You're weird. No, I, I get what you I yes. agree. Now, for the grand finale, what is Foxtail? That was the hashtag. That's what mm-hmm. we've been trying to figure out for the past couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. And what I liked about this is we have Jake. Jake is in Liv's apartment and we finally see this is the pictures that were flowing online after he got stabbed There, like he's still alive. This was the scene that they were talking about. Um but Jake is recovering in Liv's bed, um, and like Bam said, so who cares with that? But I like what's up.
2: No, keep going. I mean, I think you are going to get there, so I am going to let you no, go ahead. on. I can't believe I am saying this.
1: Oh
0: gosh,
2: this is like the only time I didn't hate Jake.
1: I, I was, I was oh
2: my say god! The same thing.
0: No, no, no! <laughs> literally, I
2: literally have in my notes. I go Jake in bed question mark, and then I have it like a little thing, and I have a check mark because I felt like he was. <laughs> He was so honest, Mm -hmm. and it didn't feel like he was manipulating her. I feel like whenever Jake is speaking to Olivia, I always feel like it's because he's trying to seduce her. He always wants her to fix him, so he's always taking, and I feel that he's very parasitic. Mm -hmm. In this moment, I felt that Jake was very much giving Olivia life. He, He was giving her energy, and he was actually validating how she feels and the conflict that she may have and to allow her to, to understand the reality that is so I think that even though when when he said oh the difference between because he literally is like he's like me and she goes no he's not and I'm thinking yeah, yeah dude yeah. earlier when you were talking to Abby and you're like he's not my type I looked at the rest of y'all and I was like he's totally your type a spy picked by your dad so when he goes he's like me and he goes he's getting a PhD in Olivia Pope he is exactly like me I'm in love with you. Command would call that a defect. Russell does not have that defect. To me, really, what he was saying is we literally are the same. And arguably, the only reason that I fell in love with you is because I had more time. Mm -hmm. Because in the same way that when Tom is like she is Helen of Troy, anyone in that situation is going to fall in love with her. Right. So it literally just means like we literally are the same. You just caught him before he had a chance to fall in love with you. And I think that... When we then find out that the entire plan was for Russell to get caught so that she would know that Command is always in control and is always mind-screwing with her, mm-hmm. I thought there was an honesty to that, and I like how she sat on the bed, and even though they started to play the music and I got mad for a minute, I realized, no, because what same thing. Fitz may be her soulmate, but that does not mean that she cannot be in love with Jake. Right. And in that moment, they were having an intimate moment. And I think that's why she then felt comfortable enough to share with him what she went through in the kidnapping. When he then tried to go one step further, the reason she stopped him because she was like, Yeah, buddy, let's not get it twisted. Like, we ain't really there. And that may be there, meaning I'm not there with you, but I think they had a very honest and a real moment. And not only did they have an honest and a real moment in an honest and real moment because the one thing that they share, which arguably is what connects them, is her father.
1: Yeah. And that's what what I liked about their relationship and also the relationship between Jake and Russell because that scene that they had where they were breaking down Papa Pope was just amazing. Like, when they were just, when they could quote his exact sayings and they would imitate his mm-hmm. voice and then like Anilio pointed out they both have daddy issues like
2: mm-hmm. what's up it sounded like they were quoting Shakespeare Yeah, like listen to it again and I know that they deliberately do this it sounded as if they were quoting Shakespeare and even though they were mocking him there was a respect and a reverence in terms of their delivery that noticed their body language they literally stood up taller they, the, the, the way that their energy commanded it, there was there was a tone where everything that they were saying you were like oh it's so funny they're mimicking but you're like oh but, but he's right you can't take command <laughs> it yeah. was genius and, and even in the sun reference it literally was one of those things where again I think that Shonda has always done this in this show and I think she does it brilliantly she's playing with gender roles and her perception of gender because again if, if Olivia had been a man, how would she be different in this world? If Melly was a man, how would she be different in this world? Arguably, even if Susan Ross was a woman, I mean a man, how would she be different in this world and how she would be perceived? So when they said at the last moment, basically, she never had a chance. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then basically, like, uh, Jake is basically explaining to him the whole plan was for you to get caught. And then he goes, oh, so that she would know you can't take command, son.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Because theoretically, if we are going to be stereotypical in terms of our perception of male and female roles, Olivia has a male dominant role. and I'm only using that in the context of how we how we minimize and and based on the vocabulary that we have, but she's the son that they're all referring to. so when when they basically are saying like we never knew that there were other ones, basically all of them are cheap imitations of Olivia. Yeah. Hmm,
1: that's a good point. That's a really good point, actually. Um, that is deep.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, just I know, right? It's gonna take you a second, right? Uh huh. <laughs>
1: Uh, so yes. I love that I love that scene and then we'll have to continue this online because we run out of time but we find out that Foxtel is actually Mellie's Secret Service name mm-hmm. and we see in the very last seconds that Rowan is the one who is going to meet her That so my mind was like I was freaking out
2: because yeah. this yeah.
1: episode just and I was wrong
2: I was like is it Hollis and you guys were like it's Rowan yeah. <laughs> I was like they see I got was so I was like, I was I was like, if they brought Hollis back I was like oh that's oh. whack
1: no but it was Rowan so I'm excited for the um for the The season finale for sure. Um, We will continue to talk about Foxtail, Jake, and Russell. Oh, and B six thirteen torturing of Russell, which was amazing too, because Huck is a freak. Um, And Quinn, and Quinn. Yeah, they're both the way they were loving that. Huck was was licking
3: his lips, like smiling, like it was (laughs)
1: just too much. But um, we will talk about that online. But now it's time for Cornelia's (laughs) cold piece of the week.
3: All right, guys. So, cold piece of the week for Scandal episode twenty-one of season four. I'm giving it to Russell. I could give it to so many other people. It was a very uh, we had some touching moments in the episode, but this week it goes to Russell only because I ain't never seen nobody get tortured looking that good ever in my life. <laughs> How you look hella good and you're getting tortured? They ripped his fingernail out. They drilled a, a drill into his kneecap, and he's still there with his abs glistening and glistening. <laughs> With the little, with the tape over, right, tape over his mouth, looking hella good. Oh, my God. They don't look like that on other shows. On 24, Jack Bauer ain't never looked like that. (laughs) He never looked that good. On, uh, what was the the show with Claire Danes? Homeland. Don't nobody look that Mm -hmm. good getting tortured on Homeland. So, for that reason, I'm giving Russell Cold Piece of the Week and, um... Let us know who you have for Cold Piece of the Week. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Hashtag Cold Peace. Or let us know who your Cold at is. I don't think I ever gave Sophia's church fan Cold at. Maybe I did, but I'm going to give it to the church fan again. Hold the church fan up. It gets Cold <laughs> Piece of the Week. Let us know what you guys think online.
1: Oh, my goodness. All right, guys. Um, now it's time for our... Oh.
2: I have a quick announcement. Oh, yes. It is with... Deep regret and trepidation that I need to admit that I was wrong. <sighs> so last week, I spent probably the whole show talking about how stupid, insane, silly Huck pounding on Jake's chest and that he then miraculously would pop up. Mm-hmm. I said that hitting someone's chest, no, you need an actual electrical pulse, so forth and so on, are the writers stupid, so forth and so on. Now, I should have realized that Shondaland writes Grey's Anatomy, which is a medical show. So, when it comes to medical things, they're right. So, several of you gladiators let me know that there is an actual medical treatment or a procedure, and it's called a precordial thump. So that's what Huck did. A precordial thump, you hit the person. I'm not going to do all the medical terminology, but the placement with which you hit with your fist literally releases an electrical pulse that starts your heart.
3: Hmm. Okay. Or something every day. Right. Here.
1: The more you know.
2: This <laughs> <laughs> so probably the first and only time you will hear me be like, I was wrong
1: oh my goodness alright so now we know because I was hating too Um, now it's time to go to predictions and
0: now your After Buzz
3: TV predictions
1: I predict it's going to be a great season finale
2: and I am excited
3: I predict that I never know what's going on with this show anymore so I'm not going to predict I'm just going to watch and enjoy
2: I'm going to try to do that, but my prediction is that Olivia will run Melly's presidential campaign. And the reason being is there was no point in bringing her in to basically, we never thought she could be president, Melly could be president. The first time that we actually see her as president is because Olivia gave her advice, even though it was through Fitz.
4: Um, I'm real curious to see how this is going to go down, because in the very last clip we see Olivia's in jail with her ponytail. Oh, no, that's a spoiler clip. Oh, People Just, don't
3: watch the, the next week. Oh, no. yeah. Sorry, no, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so you're right. I'm, <laughs> curious, I'm curious
4: about that. Um, right. I'll stick with my faithful. Someone will probably die. But oh, yeah. um w- with the 1973 reference that Russell and Jake was referencing about him being stuck in 1973, mm-hmm. so I went and I looked on Joe and I was like, there has to be something in reference to 1973. So in 1973, he was in a musical on Broadway called Raisin, and then in 1974... He was nominated for a Tony Award for uh, Best Actor. So that's just a little trivia that Ooh. Joe Morton has was it been in raisin the, or
2: raisin in the sun? It just
4: says Raisin, but okay. Joe Morton has been in the game uh, for a long time, since 1973. Hmm. The more you. Yeah, know. Know um, all right, guys, where can we find you on social media? You can find me on all social media, including Snapchat at Bam Erickson,
2: Twitter, Facebook at Sophia Stanley, Instagram, Sophia Stanley.
4: Twitter,
3: Instagram, and Facebook at Cannelia.
1: And for me at Emil and his junior on everything, even Periscope. Um, <laughs> and on YouTube, um, Chasing LA, just youtube.com slash chasing LA. Guys, it's been so much fun joining you again this week, and we will be back next week for the season finale. And uh, yeah, we're excited.
0: So we'll see you next week.